people in northern and eastern Maine since 1984. Insurance, Maine Care, self-pay accepted, and reduced fees for uninsured clients. MabelWadsworth.org. Hey, I'm Fritz, host of the Blues Station here in WERU. I'm here every Wednesday afternoon from 2 to 4 playing blues from all around the world. Yes, all around the world. What? Blues from Norway? Blues from Sweden? Denmark? Finland? Yep, you bet. As well as Italy, Spain, England, and a whole lot more. From coast to coast here in the U.S. and all the way over to Australia and Southeast Asia. The blues comes in many forums these days, and I love to spin them all right here on the Blues Station every Wednesday afternoon from 2 to 4 on WERU-FM or online at WERU.org. Hey, everybody, this is Deb Ryder urging you to pledge your financial support today to WERU and Community Radio. It's time for their annual pledge drive at WERU 89.9 FM in Blue Hill and 99.9 FM in Bangor. Also, WERU.org, a voice of many voices, 25 years and counting. So call 1-800-643-6273. That's 1-800-643-6273. And pledge generously today. Let's keep the blues alive, babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Community Radio, WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming worldwide at WERU.org. Stay tuned for healthy options. Good morning. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and today on Healthy Options, we're visiting again with Rosemary Gadam-Gordon. She's been a previous guest on our program, and Rosemary Gadam-Gordon is a vision therapist who for 40 years has been teaching people how to improve their vision. We'll hear how she does this, and we're also looking to get an update on her work with some strategies we can all use to help our vision. Rosemary Gadam-Gordon combines her training in orthoptics, the Bates Method, Gestalt Psychotherapy, yoga, educational kinesiology, and focusing in self-regulation therapy to form a comprehensive approach to improving visual function. She has a diploma in orthoptics, yes, from Moorfield Eye Hospital in London, England, and we'll find out what orthoptics is in a moment. She received a master's degree in vision therapy from Lesley College in Cambridge, Mass., and has studied gestalt therapy and vision. Her thesis explored the application of psychophysical therapy on myopia or nearsightedness. Rosemary Gadam-Gordon helped develop techniques for use with computers and smartphones and ways to use them to help relieve eye strain and back and neck strain. We'll learn some of those techniques as well, I hope. And she is a member of the Association of Vision Educators and a founding member of the Faculty for the Vision Educator Training Institute. She teaches classes in, classes in the U.S. and Europe and works with adults and children in her private practice in Elliott, Maine. Welcome back to Healthy Options, Rosemary Gadam gordon It's good to talk with you again. You too, Rhonda. Thank you. Are you there? Yes. Yes. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Okay, we know you're there. Good. <laughs> Good. Nice to talk to you again. Yes. Um, so let's. Whoa. 
Ah, hello? Something happened? I think something happened. You know what? I have a feeling we might be using a phone line that was uh, a little bit screwy last time we used it. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Is this line better? That's much better. All right. Okay. Good. Good. We're, we, uh, we had a good crunch there. So now we need ear, th- ear therapy show, the hearing show. <laughs> Sorry you can't help us on that one. Or arm therapy to hold the phone up. The, oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, right. We'll, uh, we'll figure that one out. Okay. So um, tell us a little bit about how our, what affects our vision, how, what makes things better, what makes things worse. We, we assume, I don't know, we're born with a certain shape eye. Does that, does that um, determine our future with vision? Well, what's really interesting, Rhonda, is that um, when babies are born, their vision, their eyes, when measured, fit in the bell curve, right? So it's all kind of normal. It's like height and like weight and all those kinds of things. So you can have babies who are extremely nearsighted or extremely farsighted or whatever it is. But then by the time we get to 20, the human being... Most people are seeing closer to 2020, 2040, right in that age uh, range, statistically. Hmm. So, in fact, inherently or biologically, we develop better vision than we were actually born with, if you know what I mean. Yes, that's interesting. Isn't it? So there's some kind of inherent... um, motivation, impulse for the human being to see well. I would imagine that would be for survival and for yeah all of that. <clears throat> yeah. So if we get out of the way, then we see well. Ah. And and what, what would get what would inhibit that? What what happens? Because as in don't most people wear glasses in our culture and Right. Well, I think it's because people strain. Yes. Let's talk about that. What yes. are the habits that we get into? I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I've had glasses since I was eight years old. Do you wear, well, you don't wear glasses now. No. No, of course not. <laughs> Occasionally I wear them, but not very often. Okay. And I got out of them completely for quite a long time. Yes, it's wonderful to be without glasses. Okay, we all want more. <laughs> Tell us more. All right. So the thing is, the trick is, to not strain. We see with the mind, right? Okay. The light comes in through the eyes, stimulates the back of the eyes, and then goes to the mind. And the mind interprets what these wavelengths, how these wavelengths impacted the back of the eye. And how, if the mind is relaxed and we just are sitting around and taking in this information, like we did when we were little, we see well and we're relaxed. If, however, something happened whereby we feel stressed in some way, oh, I got to learn to read or there's too much noise in this house, it's hurting my ears, I'm, I'm going to shut down, I need to shut down. How do I shut down my senses? Um, or if it's um, we get a concussion and the nervous system gets knocked out of kilter something happens whereby we just get stressed in some way and we start straining to see 
So if you're, if you're in the household and you're trying to read and there's a lot of noise, you're trying to shut out the noise and stay with the book, but it, it tends to, we tend to strain with that. Hmm. And we might not even be aware, so... No. No, and that's the other really interesting thing about human beings and mammals, actually, is that we're not aware when we're stressing. We're aware when we're relaxing from the stress. If we were aware of how much pain we're in or how much how hard it is to run away from this tiger who's chasing us and how much it hurts to go run through the bushes and whatever it is that we're trying to do to get away, we wouldn't do it. We'd be focused on that pain rather than the fear of being eaten by the tiger. But once we get into our cave and we pull the rock across, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is we do, we, we start to relax and we go, oh, and we start to breathe differently. And, oh, my gosh, I'm all scratched up and maybe I broke my toe and da-da-da-da-da. But we've survived is the thing. So if, we, if we're aware of the stress while we're going through it, um, we don't survive as well as if we're just able to cut that piece out and just go, this is survival, so therefore I will do it. And then it takes consciousness or awareness to, or relaxation to notice, oh, maybe I don't have to do that anymore or whatever it is. So we're talking, so that's kind of a survival thing. Yeah. But right now, it seems for, for many of us in, in this culture, we are reacting to other kinds of emotional stresses and strains. And and what we're saying is that that's actually affecting our our vision. And and it accumulates, would you say? It definitely accumulates. And what I... The tiger idea was very extreme. <laughs> of course. Yes. But, but it, it is, you know, what are the, the post-traumatic stress books that I know are things like Walking the Tiger. And, yep. you know, it's actually quite apropos because that's what our nervous system is really set up to do. Fright and flight and freeze. And, and it's, now it's, we're learning how it affects our vision today. That's right. And so we, fr- we tend to freeze our vision because we get overwhelmed. When we get overwhelmed, that's where we freeze. When we're just running away, flight, or fighting, we, we're not frozen. It's the freeze that's the problem. And the freeze, we tense up all our muscles and we stare. The, the um, pupils get bigger. The pupils of the eyes get bigger. The um, eyelids retract, you know, so that the, we get that wide-eyed deer-in-the-headlights look. And um, we get focused for distance. That's how we're going to try and escape. If, on the other hand, we're stressed and um, we're, it's um, a kind of chronic stress even, and we're trying to focus at near while we've got these dilated eyes and eyes that really actually are trying to see in the distance, it makes it very hard for those muscles to focus at near, to change the lens to focus at near. Huh. Yeah. So... So is that far-sighted, um, or is that, that near-sighted? That would be far-sighted. That is far-sighted. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that someone would need glasses to read because of all the tension and stress that that has been accumulating and stressed in their muscles of the eye, or is it the actual shape of the eye, or what? What is it that gets affected? Muscles. The muscles. I mean, there are some people who are born with eyes that are, 
you know, way huge or way short or something like that. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about people who develop reasonable vision as, you know, growing up, and then they need glasses. And why do they need glasses? Why at eight did you need glasses, you know? So I would ask you, well, okay, what was happening two years, you know, when you were six, between six and eight, you know, and we could hypothesize. Of but course. Yeah, you have all kinds of yeah. things that you know. You're but, in school, you're learning to read, you have to, you know, all of those. You have to sit at a, in, a, in a chair. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so depressed now. Okay, really, okay. Quick, everybody, get up and move around. Yes. But yes, that's, that's the beauty true. of radio. You can do that. Yeah. You're not. You don't have to stare at the radio. Like, <laughs> no, look out the window, please. <laughs> ah, well, that's a first technique. What, whatever you're doing, stop. Look out the window and and do what? <laughs> yes, look, actually, let things come to you. So if you're driving and listening, or or if you're just sitting and looking out the window, just kind of sit back in your head. It kind of even kind of a physical sitting back in your head, in your mind, and just receiving. And what I can see is this gorgeous orange tree. We still have some leaves here in Elliot. Ah, yeah. very nice. I'm very lucky. I, I see Joel. That's very nice. <laughs> Joel. <laughs> right. And so we want to let the mind explore what it is we're seeing so we don't try to take the whole thing in at once we're looking at we're letting ourselves explore details and that way the eyes as well as the mind move around which and it's through movement that we see best so we allow things to come to us Mm -hmm. and that i would think that the striving there's something about striving and strain that we have when we're in our culture, we have to make something happen. We have to do something. And that gets translated into that kind of strain and stress. So we're allowing that to come in. And then the, I think it's interesting with the eye movements. Now, in, in terms of the physiology, the actual anatomy of the eye, people may not realize that we do have lots of muscles, right? There are a whole series. Yep. Of right- six, eyes, six muscles around each eye, eyeball. And then there's muscles inside the eye as well. Oh. So there's all kinds of muscles there that could be relaxed. And so this is one of the ways, and this is a safe thing to do. You are keeping your eyes open and allowing, if you're driving, allowing things to come to you, no matter what you're doing. That's right. And allowing your curiosity. Curiosity is this wonderful quality of humanness, I think, that really, really helps vision being curious about what we're seeing. How does that work? How would that, how would well, that so, be? So I'm looking at the orange tree, right? And then yes. I, out of the corners of my eye, eyes, I see movement over there on the other side. And then I look over there, and oh, look, there's some red trees over there, which I hadn't been looking at before, and they're gorgeous. Uh. And then, in the, out of, in my peripheral vision, to keep it visual, I see this funny bench that we built and um that's kind of interesting and then i see leaves falling so then i go over there ah. and this way the mind and eyes stay engaged with the world rather than that stare 
that we do when we're frozen. Mm. Like the deer in the headlights is so is frozen and overwhelmed by this brightness and doesn't know what to do and just stares at it rather than what we're driving. We want the deer to look away and go over the other side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. So, yes, yes. And, and, and with when you relax that way, you can see the deer that wants to cross the road and you can avoid. Anyway, yes. If That's you're, right. But so... Um, so that relaxation and would it, it seems that it would actually help the whole cog, your whole cognition. It would help you to be more grounded in yourself in general. It would help most everything in right. uh, in what you're trying to do in your life. That's right. And as your eyes move around, your head tends to move too, and uh, your neck loosens up, and so, then your shoulders, and then you you know, down the spine. So really, what comes first almost? If we did a whole show on back pain and neck pain, <laughs> we'd really have to almost start start here, wouldn't we? Well, we, we could. Yes. Yeah, I, I know. It would be a, another hypothesis. I'm not sure everyone would buy it, but <laughs> um, there's, it, there's a very, very good case to be had. Yes, I quite agree. A contributing. So... What happens, um, you know, when we talked about survival, uh, being out the tiger, let's say, we are in those in that in that scenario, we are looking far. We're looking to get away from things in, in our city life or even in, um, you know, more modern computers and, and iPhones and, and yeah. we seem to be almost geared towards looking very short distances. Right, and narrowing our visual field. Right? That's what, yes. what we tend to do when we're on the computer is is narrow down our field. So we're not, even though I can look at my computer and I can actually see that orange tree, when I'm reading the computer, I tend to, which I shouldn't, I shouldn't admit it on the phone, but I tend to... Um, forget about that orangeness in my peripheral vision because I get interested in oh well what's that and what about this and that if we do that for a long time it's um, it makes it very hard for the mind eyes to know where to focus when we lose the context when we lose the peripheral vision it's it's as if the the eye doesn't know doesn't have enough clues to know where to focus anymore. Besides getting tired, those muscles get tired at looking at one distance. So another really important thing to tell your listeners is, or our listeners is, keep changing the length of your focus. So every five minutes when you're on on the computer, look in the distance, like 20 feet or more. And focus out there. And if you're in a cubicle, see if you can put up something like a mirror maybe or a a mobile hanging from the ceiling at 20 feet. So you can see 20 feet if possible. Oh, so if you're looking in the mirror, you'd see behind you. But of course. Right. Yes, and that's good too. So it doesn't have to be right in front of you. You can actually, the eye will adapt to to that kind of uh, configuration. That's right. And they'll relax. So, 
this 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 idea of curiosity and relaxation it's so it's it, it just seems like it would expand your your whole imagination it would explain expand your your ability in in our language of the modern world of being productive to be to feel you know uh, that you can actually accomplish a little bit more if if that's your goal <laughs> um yes by uh by by actually not having the strain in your eyes and and i wonder i, I don't know why i'm getting on this maybe it's because of your uh, background in yoga and uh, some of your other things I, I we see more people leaning forward people's heads <laughs> they're leading leading with their heads and yes Yes. Do you think? I know it's it's a complicated question, but and it it almost seems like that that stress coming out of the eyes is is part of that. Would you say? Often, I think it is. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's it's really difficult for the whole upper body to deal with that, or everything. You know, well, actually, the whole body. Because if we're sitting and we're leaning forwards and all this energy, we're kind of out through our eyes energetically. You know, even if we sit forward, there's more pressure on our feet because our pelvis is forward too and the, everything is forward. And, and then if we're doing it without coming from the pelvis, then we have this kind of hunch in our back, don't we? Yes. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. That is what we're seeing. I know, and, and so this whole concept, this whole way of seeing from the core, what I call seeing from the core, which is seeing from further back in the head and that um, line that goes from the crown of the head all the way down through the pelvis, if we can be there when we see, then we sit back and just receive. It's so much more relaxing and it's so much easier for the eyes to see, and so we see more clearly. Ooh. Let us practice that for a moment while I tell the people who've just tuned in yes. that uh, this is the Healthy Options Program on WERU Community Radio. I'm Rhonda Feynman. We're here with Rosemary Gadam gordon who teaches people <clears throat> how to improve their vision through a variety of methods um, that we're discussing and will continue to discuss right now. And while you're thinking clearly and looking forward, um, just to let you know, we are having a little pledge drive. So if you're liking what you're hearing, take a moment to call 1-800-643-6273. And uh, 1-800-643-6273 and weru.org. And you can contribute And um, because um, it's another way of seeing clearly, WERU. So thank you, Rosemary. You're welcome. <laughs> Lucky you. You're here right in, uh, right, right at the right moment. <laughs> so Excellent. you have so this idea of, of, of from the core moving back and helping things come to you and relax is so is so important. Important. What kind of techniques? How would you start with someone who's uh, really wanting to improve their vision? You've, we've given some ideas. But what would be one of the uh, the first things that you'd tell somebody? Is it what we've just been discussing, or what else would we add? Well, well, it depends. You know what I would notice. Oh, of course. Yeah. What and how would you do that? What? Do, what how do you do in a, a, a uh, well? I intake. Um, we talk, and then um, somebody sits twenty feet from an eye chart, and then I watch what they do as they try to try to see because they're here because they don't see well. Um, so we check the vision far and we check the vision near 
and I just notice what they're doing. So a lot of people, for instance, forget to blink. Ah. One of the reasons, um, one of the ways we stress or we manifest this stress is that we don't blink enough. So again, the deer in the headlights thing, and the deer isn't blinking, but we really need to blink. But people are on computers, we don't blink as much. When people are reading, they don't blink as much. But if they could blink, remind themselves to blink more, their eyes feel more comfortable, and they focus more easily. It so helps with the focus when we blink. Is there dryness that's in, involved? Is that because with of... a, lo a lot of people, a lot of people, especially um, older people or people with um, certain other um, physiological issues or um, hormonal imbalances or, you know, air conditioning that's really high or they live in the desert and the dry wind. Yeah, there are all kinds of contributors to, to dry eyes, but that is definitely one. And so one of the first things that someone is told, usually when they go and see someone about their dry eyes, is, well, maybe you need to blink more. So and that's in, even incorporated into uh, a, a more traditional view of, of eye. Yeah, it is. Oh. So, yeah. So... Yeah, and then have you know everybody is uh, putting those drops in, but what we need to do is in is is blink more. And obviously, some may have a physiological reason to do that, but in terms of creating better better vision, we can uh, we can just incorporate that blinking and looking far. So anybody who's on the computer now in our listening area or driving, take that moment now. Let the images come to you. We, we can just keep reminding people. Right. This and if you're driving, a really good little thing is to look at the um, speedometer um, every so often. Oh. So you get to change your length of focus and then actually take time. You know, some people are afraid to not just look at the car ahead of them. Right. And... Um, some people, that's because they've had car accidents, and I'm very sorry. But if we can teach ourselves to realize that we have this peripheral vision, so the car ahead of me, I'm looking right at it, but if I look just like 10 degrees to the right of the car ahead of me, I can still see the car ahead of me just fine with my peripheral vision. Hmm. So it's a way of expanding your peripheral vision and knowing that if I do look over to the right, I can still see that car ahead of me, and I can do the same looking to the left or up and down. And that way, we develop the confidence to look around as we drive and not just stare at the car ahead. That actually, that's going back to that curiosity. You're mm -hmm. actually creating a, a bigger span. You're actually becoming safer. That's right. You're becoming safer. Yeah, and those mirrors, you know, the wing mirrors. And and then you get so that you can look at all around and see peripherally at the same time. It, it's it's wonderful. It's a really different way of seeing if you've been stuck in the staring straight ahead thing. And glasses don't help because they have frames usually. And um, we can only see clearly through the center of the lens. And so... It, it encourages this loss of peripheral vision. 
Huh. So those habits are actually <clears throat> making us less safe in a, a little bit of a way. Um, right. Yeah. So what else? When this, this is so interesting. Um, what else will will help it help our eyes? I mean, are there foods we should eat? Is there are there nutrients? Is there, uh, you yes. know, what what do you suggest on on that that plane? Yeah, there are all kinds of things on that plane. And and just to go back to the dry eyes syndrome. Yes. The um, there are also other contributing factors and things that you can do because there's actually three layers to the tears. There's the um, the watery layer, you know, the salty one that we taste, is um, actually just a, a small layer in the middle of two fatty layers. Oh. Yeah, the top fatty layer is secreted by the lid. Inside, there are, under the lid, there are glands that put out this fatty layer that stops the watery layer from evaporating. So that's really important. And then between the watery layer and the actual front of the eye, the cornea, is a mucus layer. And so we really need to have all three of those layers working and healthy in order to have moist, comfortable eyes. Mm-hmm. And the fatty layer... Um, we can help by eating things like uh, having plenty of good fats in our diet. Um, primrose tree, uh, primrose evening primrose oil is really good, and flaxseed oil is really good, and um, cold water fish oils are really good for that layer. And then um, the bottom layer, it's more like vitamins A and C, help the eye, the around the eye, the conjunctiva put out that layer so that the um because otherwise that the salty layer would sting you know sometimes you cry so much and it stings yes yes because you run out of we run out of that layer that layer oh isn't that interesting yeah oh i guess i don't think i um that may be big news to other people or maybe everybody else knew that i didn't know that that's that's really interesting don't know that actually so right and that's why we talk about what, what do they always say fish is good for your uh, for your eyes right the old wise tale the old wives tale <laughs> yeah vitamin and vitamin d vitamin d3 the, the that's good um you know and there are other things like that like caffeine is dries up tends to dry up the eyes ah. um alcohol Right. The air conditioning, um, you know, dry wind, those kinds of things. Well, yeah, I, I, all, all of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so if if you are doing a lot of caffeine, then you really need to do some supplementing of some sort. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Or you could always have, you know, after drinking your caffeine, you could always have some salmon, you know, on the side. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, yeah, you know, uh, well, I, I, I wonder how, uh, if there are other cultures, and maybe you know some of this, that have a, a better vision or different ways. I know that uh, of, of uh, keeping their eyes healthy, I, I was in Japan, and we were eating, I love 
eating fish for breakfast. You have fish and rice. and right. And then always with green tea. Always so, with green tea. Yeah. So uh, perhaps we could do that study. See if uh, people with that kind of diet oh. are doing better. Yes. <laughs> of course, that's such a stressful culture as well. Um, you know. <laughs> in other ways. In other ways. The, the study will have to be uh, something we can discuss later. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe we could just, a few of us could go and live in Japan and see if it changed our vision. There you go. And get someone to fund us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, really? All right. Uh, right. Operators are standing by. Right? Yeah, sorry about that. So yeah. it's very interesting because I found this book about the aging eye it's from the harvard medical school oh yeah and uh it's it's quite extraordinary because they talk about eye exercise and vicious therapy as as a, a myth and i was so shocked really yeah because they actually say um yes that that uh exercise will not improve your vision uh because it depends on the shape of your eye and your eye tissues, and none of that is significantly altered with eye exercises. And it seems like they're missing an entire uh, a possibility that yeah. I think this is, and this is a, you know, and then in the middle of it all, they talk about fats and, and good fats, and they talk about uh, that kind of thing. Uh, are you ready? For, but of course, it's very, are you ready for glasses? It's so fascinating to me that this would be in the literature. Um, handed out when we know that. Um, well, that okay. Let's let's back up because there's there's two approaches really. There's eye exercises, which I don't teach. Okay. I teach techniques. That's the only way I can differentiate techniques to improve vision, which includes relaxation, ah, and changing our habits and promoting good use so that um which is very different when i say okay you you in your intro you talked about orthoptics and yes. orthoptics is eye exercises and the equivalent here in this country is pretty much is optometric vision therapy and for a lot of kids that is really really helpful for helping their vision and helping them develop a good visual brain, part of their brain, even if it in involves glasses, so that they can succeed at school and all those other things. They do wonderful work. But what I'm doing is something different. So those exercises, and for those who don't know, they, they're, they're ways to help the eyes focus, right? Some children have problems with that. Yes. Right. And uh, how to relax. And, and uh, sometimes the ideas of, of using both eyes, sometimes kids, right, you develop yes. that kind of thing. And so you're sometimes you use lenses and things, exercises that a child or, right. you know, or even an adult, someone could do. And that is a completely different thing. That's often a corrective, perhaps, or, yeah. you know, helping yep. the brain relearn something maybe it That's right. didn't develop well or something. Exactly. Exactly. And I approach that a little bit, but I'm more geared towards um, people whose visual systems have mostly developed pretty well, and they want to improve what they have. They want to reduce their glasses, prevent the need for glasses, um, relieve eye strain, 
develop um, the ability to tolerate light better, um, be able to go from light to dark and dark to light more easily, um, read more comfortably and for longer. Let's see, it'll help reduce headaches that are due to vision stuff, right. all those kinds of things. Because some people, they get into these glasses and the glasses don't do the trick. Right. And, and they get, people end up getting dizzy from the glasses or they get, um, they got one pair of glasses that's supposed to do everything, but it, they can't, it doesn't, it doesn't work for them. And it also, often the glasses, again, reduce the peripheral vision. So let's talk, yeah, we've, we've mentioned it in terms of driving and such. Let's talk about the peripheral vision. That's, you know, widening the expanse and that, that helps us relax, helps us yeah yeah tell us more about peripheral vision <clears throat> well if everybody who is listening to this just takes a moment to notice how far when they're looking straight ahead or wherever they're looking they can see to the right left up and down that's their peripheral vision the central vision is where they're focused right okay so we need a good balance like a like a good marriage between these two if the <clears throat> if you're dancing ballroom dancing with someone you need someone to lead and someone to follow otherwise we're always treading on each other's toes and, and it doesn't work so we need <clears throat> well that's actually more about eyes working together sorry but but here we've got central vision and the peripheral vision, and a lot of when you when you take a walk, for instance, you're in the woods or you're on the beach, and you've got a big expanse. And some people walk along and they just look at the sand, or they they just take a small area and they forget about the big expanse that we have. And when you open up to the big expanse, not only do you see a lot more, and it's a lot more interesting. But that central vision can sharpen up. Hmm. Because you're relaxing as well. That's right. And if you just open up your prefer- peripheral vision, you can feel how relaxing it is. Yes. Like, oh. Wow. Let's all do that for a moment. Yeah. Wow, I feel better already. If, you, if, if you've just tuned in, I'm Rhonda Feynman, and you're listening to the Healthy Options Program on WERU Community Radio. Our guest today is vision educator Rosemary Gadam gordon and we're learning about all these ways that we can relax and open up our vision so that not only can we see more clearly, but we can uh, be um, have more well-being. It's a, it, 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 yes, yes, absolutely. I'm, yeah, so... And, you know, you have all of this. So taking you, you have this tip called taking your eyes for a walk. I like that. <laughs> Is that what we just did? By uh, Kind of, yes. 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 And, uh, it's interesting. You know, can you do this at home? You know, if you... if In the house? Yes. 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 So what you do is you walk around your house and you notice how when you move, the world seems to move also. So if you, right now, so you've got Joel across from you, right? But if you rock back and forth, side to side, and if you're in a car, you just kind of shift your weight from one sitzbone to the other sitzbone. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do. Actually, if you're in a car you, and you're driving and you're actually in motion, you can notice 
the apparent motion, how the shops go by or the trees go by outside the window as you look straight ahead. That's easy in the car. When you're walking in your house, when you walk by the windows, you can notice that things seem to be moving outside differently from the way that they're moving inside the room. So if you're going from sitzbone to sitzbone and you're looking at Joel, do you notice how he seems to be moving? Yes. Yes. And he's just sitting right there. He's not even aware that I'm <laughs> staring at him. Okay. <laughs> yes, he is. He did. Yeah, but you, you can't stare if you're doing this. <laughs> no, I'm not staring. Oh, you're no, right. You see, right? even the language. Yes. Even the language. Yeah, you're just looking at Joel and you're noticing how he moves or appears to move. Right. And what this does is it um, stimulates your vision in a certain way that helps all the muscles. If someone knows about saccadic eye movements who's listening, it stimulates saccadic eye movements, which are the little movements that eyes make. Like when we're in a train, you know, and you're sitting opposite somebody and you, they're looking out the window and their eyes are going, durum, 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 with yes. the rhythm of the... Right. Those are saccadic eye movements. So when we do this little movement or when we walk around the house and we let the world appear to move, that automatically happens with the eyes. It's, a, um, it's an unconditioned reflexive movement, so it just happens. And it loosens up the eye muscles, those mm. eye muscles that are around the outside of the eyeball. Loosens them all up, and then they're more relaxed, and then we see better. Oh, I'm, I'm just busy doing it. Let's... Yeah, isn't it fun? Yeah. It it's is... also fun. <laughs> I think life's good if life's fun too besides being curious <laughs> <laughs> so this is great where well, we can do all these relaxation techniques for our eyes not only will our vision improve but we'll be uh, having more fun we will really who knew that this could be so much fun <laughs> rosemary thank you <laughs> my pleasure <laughs> fun for me too this is good yeah. so uh, you know people you, you've seen it everywhere where people are addicted to their mobile phones yes and they're all sitting there, tiny, you know, arms, elbows contracting into their into their sides and heads down, is hunching back, just like we talked about earlier. And walking along the street. And walking okay. along the street. Oh, my gosh. Talk about not having a peripheral vision. <laughs> wow, that's right. Oh, what do you recommend <laughs> in addition to what we've talked about? Well, I don't recommend walking along the street. Do um, not do that. Right. Well, my Alexander teacher friend says that it's much easier if you hold the... Everything's going to be better for your body and especially your neck if you hold the thing higher. So it's kind of in front of your face rather than down. And this allows your neck to relax. And actually, you can drop your shoulders and hold it. Not, it's not my arms aren't so long. It's right in front of my face, but it's... It's down here, so I'm holding it with my arms instead of with my shoulders. Right. Right. And I'm looking down slightly, but I've got a huge field as well. Right? Oh, yeah, it's so much more relaxing. It is. And then the trick is to blink. And look away. And look away some, every five minutes or so. And keep that awareness of the periphery or keep awareness of breath. Um move the head we get locked so in order if we're reading a whole 
blog on our little phones or even watching a movie, just, you know, usually you're sitting down when you're watching a movie on it, but you can just move your head a little bit and it loosens everything. The eyes, the neck, the shoulders, the body, and the breath. Oh, the breath. Take yeah, a the, breath. The breath, too. Who's holding their breath? Raise your hand. <laughs> okay. You Not can if put them down you and start breathing. You can't hold your breath and laugh. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Start laughing. Uh-huh. That's right. I have a big sign in my office that says laugh. Oh, good. Yes. And that is part of it, too, right? Because when we do take big breaths and we are breathing, we are actually enervating all of our cells, yes. including our, our, uh, our eyes. Yes, and we're stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the relaxation part of the system. So it's the opposite of the sympathetic, which is the deer in the headlight thing, the fight, flight, right. and freeze. So when we stimulate the parasympathetic, we start relaxing. And actually, the part of the uh, nervous system that stimulates the eye to focus up close is the parasympathetic. Oh. Right. So that um, that means that in order to be able to read, reading we need to relax or to sew or to look up close. Like if we if we think, I think sometimes about um, you know when we were cave people, we went out to to hunt, and we had this distance view, and it was dangerous out there. So that was a sympathetic nervous system, and then in the cave. It was more the parasympathetic, like within arm's length, and we were cooking, and we were sewing, and making tools, and taking care of the kids, that kind of thing. That's parasympathetic. And so that's the near vision, anything within arm's length. So it's interesting that the our physiology is actually to relax to learn to read relax right. right and yet for many those kinds of things were exactly the opposite That's those right. kinds of experience so yeah. reading is 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 really kind of new isn't it i mean that's not <laughs> <laughs> yes it is yeah it is in our in our true. evolution that's right it yeah. is quite new but we still have that remnant of the parasympathetic, the relaxation aspect um, of our of our physiology, wanting us to relax when we're learning to do near work. That's right, and you know I think that's why people read to fall asleep. Yes, but that's not very good for our vision, actually. Um, while, while we're talking about it. Oh yes, let's talk about that. Yeah, hang on, I got changed ears. Um, Yes, if we if we read ourselves to sleep, some people read and they never even turn the light off. They wake up with the book on their chest and their <laughs> right, you know. Yes. And that means that that their eyes have been focused up close. That was the last thing that the eyes did and so it's likely that they stayed fairly focused up close all night rather than being in the relaxed position which is looking off at the distance. 
so it, it's so you fall asleep, your eyes are closed, and they your eyes won't re then relax. Your eyes will take in the last thing that you do. You don't reset in that way. A lot, often we don't. Oh. Well, you know how if, you know, people who run, if they don't stretch out before they go to bed, they get Charlie horses. Right. Right. So I don't see why it would be that much different with the eyes. Oh. So what do you recommend before bed? Well, what I suggest is, um, you do something to relax your eyes after you put the book down. You might palm your eyes, and I could describe palming in a minute. And you can look off in the distance, you know, in the bedroom. You could set your bedroom up. If it's a small bedroom, you can put a mirror on the other wall and then put something above your bed so you have something nice to look at. Before you go to sleep, something that your mind can be curious about so your eyes actually do focus out there. Oh. For a minute or so, you know, just yeah. to kind of get that sense of, ah. Oh. Hmm. I don't know about you, but when I um, get out of an airplane, is where it usually happens for me, where I've been watching a movie or, and I haven't gotten my, my window seat, which is what I like, so I can look outside and rest my eyes. Um, I get out and there's, you know, big views. I just want to look at the views. <laughs> And just relax my eyes. It especially uh -huh. happens, I used to live in New Mexico, so I go back there and you get out of the oh, yes. airport and, and you've got this sandia right there. And mm -hmm. I just want to look and look and look and let my eyes just go, ah. Oh. Yes. Yes, you've experienced it too. Oh, well, yes. I, I lived in New Mexico also. Oh, no. Everybody kidding. else, raise your hand who's lived in New Mexico. Okay. <laughs> We want to be inclusive in, in our, in our, uh, our reminiscing. Yes. But, <laughs> but it, and yeah, then that ahead. is one thing about New Mexico where everything really is otherworldly and it really is large. Wherever you go, you're seeing some mountains, you're seeing a, a very large landscape versus an urban where you're driving and there are buildings everywhere and I feel very That's claustrophobic. Right. That's right. <clears throat> and when you look down to the end of the street, your peripheral vision is you know, sided by all these buildings. Yep. So you don't get to expand in the same way. And, you know, we're in Maine. I think we're lucky because we do have more rural areas. We have the ability to be yes. out in nature a little bit more where we can practice our, um, our and the ocean, of course, and uh, that large expanse, right? The ocean would do that, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. So, yes, it's wonderful. Let's see. So we were talking about what you can do before you go to sleep to rest your eyes. Yes. <coughs> okay. So palming. Don't do this now if you're driving. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so palming is placing your cupped hands over your closed eyes so that the palm of your hand is right in front of your eyes or the palms of your hands. And so... The heel of your hand is on your cheekbone. Okay. And you close your eyes, and it makes it all dark in there. And you want to, if you need to get your shoulders to relax. So if you're at a desk, it's best to put a pillow on the desk or a phone book or something so you have something to lean on. If you're um, lying down in bed, you can just put your head pillow underneath your elbows or just have nothing underneath your head. And actually, 
your shoulder blades will keep your arms up in really quite a relaxed way for several minutes. Um, or you can prop a bunch of pillows up underneath your upper arm to keep keep your hands in place and allow your shoulders and neck to relax. And then you rest. You rest in the dark. The eye doesn't get stimulated by dark. It's only stimulated by light and color. And so it can just rest. Meanwhile, we need the mind to rest. And one wonderful way before you're going to sleep to get your mind to rest is to imagine that you're somewhere where you can see a long way off and some place where you've been, where you felt relaxed before. And obviously you can change it in any way. If there was someone there who was annoying, you just remove <laughs> them from the memory. Or you can invent a whole new place and just enjoy looking off into the distance at the colors and the shapes of things and remember the sounds that you associate with that place, smells maybe, temperature of the air. And you take yourself back there and what you'll notice is how your breath will deepen and as you practice it, you'll notice your eyes going, ah, and letting go. Mm. And as they let go, they often kind of sink a little bit back and down. And it just feels really good. And then you can take your hands down and, you know, put your pillow back where you want it and go to sleep. And you can even, if you're too tired to use your hands, you can just roll over and imagine that scene. Oh. And your eyes will actually focus off into that distance. Because the eyes follow the mind. Eyes follow the mind. They do. And if you're doing a visualization like that and someone says, oh, and notice what the clouds look like, you'll notice that often your eyes will look up. <laughs> <laughs> I just did when you said that. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so the eyes follow the mind. Eyes follow the mind. I think that's a, a huge takeaway from this uh from our from our hour here <laughs> good yeah so uh we do have a few more minutes we are sadly getting to the end of our of our time but but not quite not quite yet we um so on the contrary side if we're agitated in our bringing our troubles to bed with us yes we are straining our eyes and we will create um some more tension and if we read, you mean, before you go to no, sleep? No, I'm saying if we're, you know, in our minds, if we're bringing agitation or something we're annoyed at. or We may. Um, some people don't, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's some a... people will, you know. <clears throat> okay, so the thing is, it's, it's about freezing. If we're, if we're imagining the fight with the person. For instance. For yes. instance. We might not. It may not get stuck in our muscles. Ah, 
right? Mm-hmm. Or if we're imagining running away, you know, flying out of the country and going somewhere else or whatever it is. <laughs> for instance, just, 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 just for imagine instance. that for a moment, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if, we, if we're in some way freezing because we feel stuck or we're freezing those muscles that want to run, we're saying, no, I mustn't imagine, you know. If we actually imagine running, it's often a huge relief. Yes. Yes. Even if it's not really what we want to do in the long run, just to have gotten that out of our nervous system is is helpful. Yes. And then we can come back to, okay, well, I don't really want to run away from this person. What am I going to do? Or maybe I'll deal with it in the morning. Or Right. But, but it's, you see, some people put their stress in their backs. Right. Or in their legs. Mm-hmm. And not in their eyes at all. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they don't get visual problems. But it doesn't mean they're less stressed or anything. Right. Necessarily. Right. Well, Rosemary, we're going to have to uh, start wrapping up a okay. little bit, sadly. Sadly. All right. But what we what I, I did want to just just remind people about what we talked about: looking large, keeping the peripheral vision, doing some palming, breathing. All of that will help our vision. Blinking and blinking. Don't want to forget blinking. This is fantastic, Rosemary. Thank if you so much. People want more int- more information. Is it okay yes. to tell them the website? I will absolutely tell you the website of visioneducators.com. VisionEducators.com. Our guest on Healthy Options today has been Rosemary Gadam Gordon. Thank you again for speaking with us. Again, her website is VisionEducators.com. We'll have links to this and other information that was mentioned when we post the show on the Public Affairs Archives at WERU.org. In the meantime, if you missed any part of the program or would like to share it, please go to WERU.org to find our recent programs on demand. Thanks to Joel Mann for engineering, to Petra Hall for production assistance, and as always, thanks to all of our WERU listeners and supporters. Remember, you can uh, support Public Affairs, WERU.org, and give online during our pledge drive right now. And uh, support our radio station and programming here at WERU. You could also call 1-800-643-6273, 1-800-643-6273. And continue supporting our community radio and the public affairs programming here at WERU. This is Rhonda Feynman, and I'm wishing you the best in health. Thank you. Support for WERU comes from Susan B.